and welcome to the Footballing Podcast to the point. Uh, we have been away for quite a while, but we have returned with a slightly new format. Same people, so I am Sam. And I am Matt. And we are going to be bringing you uh, podcasts um, about the footballing world um, and the sort of the, the really uh, important topics within that world. So, uh, just from me, before we begin, just a little bit about uh, why we've been away for such a while. Um, I think both of us, Matt, I think you'd agree, have had some significant life changes. Um, yep. And that meant that we had to sort of take a, a backseat from doing this podcast for a while. Um, and there hasn't been a really good moment to actually bring it back um, until now. Uh, it seems like a bit of a weird time to actually be bringing back a podcast what, with everything that's going on in the world at the moment. But, um, you know, this is something that we really enjoyed doing before. Um, and it's something that we really always wanted to bring back. Matt, you've actually um, had a really significant change in your life uh, in, the, in the last year. Yep, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm now a dad. My little girl's one years old and uh, I also bought a house as well. So <laughs> all in the same year. So it was a lot going on and um, recording a podcast kind of took a, a backseat. But um, with everything that you said that is going on, um, I got laid off my current job um, until this is over. So it seemed like the perfect opportunity to try and work on bringing the podcast back. And we're here. Um, and like you said, slightly different format. Um, I'll, we're not going to be doing our weekly roundup of results anymore. They're just too much time and effort. Um, and we're just going to be focusing on maybe one, maybe two topics a week that we just want to talk around and dive into a bit more, see where we can uh, enlighten you a little bit more and get some feedback from you guys on, on, on your uh, reactions to these topics. So this week, to begin off our new uh, line of podcasts, we are going to be talking about the potential takeover of Newcastle United. Uh, so this has really rocked the footballing world in the, in the last few days. Um, it's divided opinion. Uh, Newcastle fans are obviously really excited at the prospect of being taken over by one of the richest families in the world but obviously with that comes uh you know side effects consequences um and we're just going to sort of go through and unpick the package as it were so i just want to begin this just by sort of talking about um mike ashley who is the current owner of newcastle united so he's been um he's been in charge looking after the club looking after the club for the last 13 years um <laughs> Term used very loosely. <laughs> yes. I mean, nothing's changed. I'm still trying to be as diplomatic as possible. But <laughs> but what? So just to unpick this, Mike Ashley, um, if anyone who doesn't know who Mike Ashley is, he is a very wealthy businessman um, in the UK. He owns a, a chain of sports shops um, called Sports Direct. Uh, is there any sort of um, similar sort of shop in Canada, Matt? 
Um, we have Cleve's um, Source for Sports and we have Sports Check, but I wouldn't say they were like sports directors such. They're probably more like, though. Do you remember JJB? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're absolutely. a bit like that. They're a bit more upmarket than uh, bloody Sports Direct. Bargain Basement, the absolute dollar store of, yeah. of sports where. <laughs> So Mike Ashley took over 13 years ago, um, you know, promising Newcastle fans the world. Um, and I, do, I don't think you'd find many Newcastle fans that would disagree with the fact that they are extremely annoyed, disappointed, um, furious about the way Mike Ashley has actually run the club in the last 13 years. So just to give you an overview of Newcastle in the last 13 years, I've had two relegations. Um, at one point, they were in the Champions League and went right down to the championship level. That's the second division in, uh, in England. Um, awful treatment of club legends um, and players. I mean, I don't know if you remember the Gutierrez incident, Matt. Um, yeah, that was disgusting. That was. Yeah, so if anyone doesn't know about that, Gutierrez was uh, a player at Newcastle United. Um, unfortunately, he um, got cancer. Um, fortunately, he recovered from that, but was told that he was going to have his contract um, sort of terminated anyway. Um, you know, by text, by text, by text, disgusting behaviour. You know, I mean, that's bottom of the barrel sort of human behaviour there. Um, that's not even human hate behaviour, man. Like I wouldn't wish that on a on a feral dog. Yeah, just <laughs> despicable. So. Just just moving along the timeline a little bit, you've um, then got the renaming, or the, he did want to rename the whole stadium, the Sports Direct Arena. Fans booted off. That I think it's now Sports Direct at Seton James Park. I mean, feel free to you know um, correct me on that, anyone out there. Um, you know, he also, he's just really run that club into the ground. He At one point, Michael Owen was their, their, their biggest transfer um, and that was in 2009 when they bought him. And up until 2019, he was still their top um, transfer in terms of value. Um, more recently, uh, with the whole coronavirus um, incident, he decided that he was going to furlough um, all the staff um, at Newcastle. Um, and also, he actually tried to um, get his employees to, of Sports Direct to still go to work. Even though this whole coronavirus were in lockdown, he was still forcing his um, his staff to. That's because they were essential, wasn't it? Everyone needed their Lonsdale. <laughs> Can't be going without uh, some Deodora shorts. Um, <laughs> thankfully, the government actually shut him down on that one. Um, and you know, it's it's just it's just these things that have made him become such a hated figure within not just football. But I think, you know, the world as well, like the, the whole sort of the UK have, have seen this guy and just the way he treats people, the way he treats his businesses. Um, and it's just not on. It's just not on. It's, it's not. A, new, a Newcastle was like, was such a big club before he took over. Like they, they always had aspirations. They were always a team that were on the brink of either like Europa League, Champions League. under kept... I mean, Keegan, there was even a season where they even challenged for the title. And then he comes in and turns him into just relegation fodder. Absolutely. No, hardly any investment in, in the first team. Um, and, 
I think the the fans have, have got to the point where it's it's just untenable. And this news for them is, I mean, if you're a Newcastle fan and you are hearing that Mike Ashley is going to be leaving the club and you're going to be getting all this investment, you're going to get excited. From, from a Newcastle fan perspective, without knowing the whole picture, you are going to get excited at the fact that you are going to become yeah. the richest club in the world. Agree, agreeable, but that's why we're doing this podcast because there is, there's this information there that people need, need to know because from what I've read, Mike Ashley might actually be the lesser of two evils, which is a horrible thing to say because Mike Ashley, as we know, is a tool. But <laughs> this, this investment package that's been put up together and the people involved... Oh, it's sketchy. Mm. Well, let's dive right into that. So, Newcastle Takeover, um, it's being sort of headed up by a lady called Amanda Stavley. So, so what do we know about her, Matt? So, Amanda Stavley is, um, she owns the company PCP Capital Partners, which is run out of London. Um, and Amanda Stavely's um, worth is about $144 million. She's definitely the least valued of the three partners that are going in on this. And um, her money will get her a 10% investment in this club. Um, and what people should know is that she's she's got a record with dealing with Middle Eastern investments. Um, she was credited with uh, Sheikh Manshaw's um, takeover at Manchester City. She was pivotal in in that going ahead. Um, she tried, She was part of the Chinese consortium that tried to buy Liverpool from the Fenway Sports Group. Um, and that fell through in uh, a while back. I can't remember the exact year. She was also, she also tried to buy Newcastle in the 2017-18 season, but failed. And I imagine because I think she went to, that by herself and I don't think she could work up the capital to actually um, meet the price tag at that time um, and if you read anything about her she is a trusted intermediary for Middle Eastern investments which is what I said her husband is Iranian I think and um, the, the way this, this whole deal came about is uh, she attended a party on the Prince Crown of Saudi Arabia's yacht um, and this is how this whole thing apparently started. But she's definitely, um, she's going to be the controlling uh, partner of, of this investment, despite having only 10% of the investment. But because she's based in England, she's going to be like the managing partner of, of this. Mm. Um, but she, uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of issues dealing with, Middle Eastern investments, and we'll go into it when we get onto the the Crown Prince um, part. But there's there's so many human rights issues in the Middle East, and trying like, and trying to bring these people into the English game. Um, I, I think it just it brings up a moral issue around the sport. Um, yeah, um, but, it, I mean you have to be so careful when bringing. Uh, influences into the Premier League and uh, where that money's coming from and what what dealings have made that money 
a realistic pros- proposition for a club where is that money coming from like what what means ha- has the money come from um and if there's anything at all that seems it sh- like it shouldn't be it's probably because it's not reliable trustable uh and that's that's the issue and that's why there's so many of these these checks that happen that are meant to happen anyway but um as we've spoken about privately before money talks um and it's a sad fact of our world but when a large amount of money is thrown at an entity um it, it can make moves uh but with, with amanda stavely as well i think people will be wondering sort of what kind of tenure is amanda stavely going to bring to newcastle united is it going to be the model that manchester city went down where they just pumped millions and millions and millions into the infrastructure of the club signings um bringing in the best possible players the best possible coaches or is it going to be they, more... won't, they won't be able to anymore though because remember manchester city were taken over for um uefa put in their financial fair play system hmm. um which kind of stifled just how much investment um owners could put in of their own money um so like because before before that came in they were just spending money as mm. and when they wanted. However, this takeover will be under those restrictions. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out because I literally don't think they can just go out and buy like 10 80 million pound rated players. I just don't think they can. I don't think FFP will allow them to. No, and I think you know on Instagram and Twitter and all the social medias you're seeing Newcastle fans getting really carried away like um sort of photoshopping Mbappe in, into a Newcastle shirt and I'm just like that's not going to happen is it it's just clearly not going to happen I mean it's good for a laugh but it's just that is so not going to happen it's so west it's unbelievable um, but let's get a little bit more into the the other um, parties that are going to play a big part in this so we've got David and Simon Rubin um, who yeah. are it's a 10% investment isn't it so what what are they bringing to this and what are they bringing to the so, investment? So David and Simon Rubin, um, yes, 10% investment, you're correct, um, worth significantly much more than Amanda Stavely. Uh, their joint holdings are worth about $15.2 billion. Mm. Um, and um, they're, they're in property, they deal in art, um, I believe that at some point they were involved in like metalworks and such. Um, but again, these, these two, these two um, are sketchy. Okay. Um, you can just go, if you just go online and start doing some, some reading on them, it doesn't take you long to find some, some stories that you really don't want to associate with your club. Uh, for instance, um, there's an art scandal um, and I believe it was reported last year in, in the papers, and it was for a company called Gazzini Properties Limited. Um, and it's been reported uh, that these two brothers, the Ruben brothers, um, own this um, Gazzini Properties Limited. And uh, it's basically tried that they, they bought some artwork. Um, that apparently was already 
sold and they're, they're taking it to legal basis. They're trying to get 100% ownership of it, but I'm pretty sure there was already 50% rights on it from two other parties before they even took it. It's it's a scandal, essentially, um, and it's like smoke and mirrors. They've tried to do it through holding companies instead of them being directly involved in it, and it, it, it all just a bit, you know, not what you want mm. to be involved with a football club. Um, and... They're, they're they're citizens of the UK. Um, they were, but they were born in Mumbai. But they're citizens of the UK, and they do a lot of business in both the UK and the United States. However, uh, they avoid paying large chunks of their taxes in the UK because they um, do a lot of their investing um, through offshore holdings and tax havens. Okay. So therefore, like that, like I said, they're worth fifteen point two billion, and they bring in a silly amount of money each year. But they don't; they hardly pay any taxes on it into the uh, into the UK because of tax havens and offshore accounts, which is you know again, it's just you don't want that. It's shady behaviour, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and they reg they're they're regularly do- uh, regular donators to the Conservative Party. So that kind of tells you where their political leanings are as well. Um, okay. Newcastle, which is a very, what I believe to be a, it's a very working class um, club um, up there in the northwest, um, and I don't feel like these people have football at the heart of uh, in their heart. I also don't believe they'll have Newcastle in their heart as well. Like just mm. the area as such, I don't feel like they're they're going to be good for Newcastle and football. Yeah, it does sort of ring a little bit of, uh, you know, um, just putting in the money so that he can get a hell of a lot more out of it. They're, they're going to be the very business-minded part of the ownership. They're going to be looking for that investment back and more and more and more. Um, they're not going to be making decisions based on football, um, which is, you know, is never good for a football club. Obviously, you want the business to grow and you do need those business-minded people behind it. Um, that makes sense, but um, you've got to have that correct balance. Um, and because there's more than one sort of um, uh, sort of overriding ownership here, there's not just one person involved. There's not two people. There's there's three different parties here. Things could get very messy um, if everything doesn't go to plan. Um, but more importantly, you've got another major party that's sort of the very background. Um, investor in this they are going to be laying low um, and probably with with good reason so you've got um, the the sort of Saudi family um, as it were um, and their investment fund their public investment fund Um, so who who is sort of in charge of that what what's the deal with it so yeah like you said it's the uh on paper, it says the Saudi Public Investment Fund is the other party with an eighty percent investment in this in this takeover. Um, however, it it's essentially Prince Mohammed bin Salam, okay, um, who who is going to be the other partner in this through that fund, and this is the most worrying part of this whole takeover. Um, it's 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 just. Everywhere you look, it, it can't end well. And I believe that if the Premier League stick to their vetting process, that this takeover shouldn't even be allowed to happen because of the the, the information that I that I've 
read upon and like I've got in front of me right here as we're talking. Um, so let's start off with how much they're worth. The Saudi royal family, so he's got this money to draw on, is worth $1.4 trillion. $1.4 trillion. Let that sink in, man. That's an insane um, amount of money. Like it's just... It is an insane amount of money. Like It, it, it eclipses the, um, the Manchester City owners like four times over. Yeah. I mean, just to let, let's just put that into perspective as well. Um, so in the Premier League, you have um, Roman Bramovich, who's worth roughly 10 billion. Um, you've got uh, Sheikh Mansour at Man City, 23 billion. And then you've got these guys who their investment fund is going to be pouring. Well, their investment fund, not just not just the Saudi family, but the investment fund is worth 260 billion. <laughs> that is an insane gap in in the, the, the power that they're going to have in the league. Like the, the, the rich list. That is an insane gap. Like they but like you were saying before. Your, your figures are in pounds. Are your figures in pounds? Yes, my figures are in pounds. Okay, yeah. Mine were in dollars, sadly, because I'm right. in Canada, so I get I get right. USD come up on, on, on my Google searches. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think the I think the figure that I've got here for the Saudi public fund is is the money that they actually have as a fund. It's not overall. Yeah. So the figure that you've got is probably them overall, whereas the figure it's I've the, got here is as a as a oh, fund. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and and but this is the point: the the royal the the, the royal family mm. um, that they, they can take that one point four trillion that I said that they have as a family, yeah, and they can put endless amount of that into the fund. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. that's what I'm trying to say here. Is <laughs> the fund the fund is there? But essentially, the royal family uh, are going to own the stake in the team, and they can pour their own wealth into the fund, and then fund into the club. <laughs> it's you know it, again it comes back to that if you're a Newcastle fan right now and you hear just that portion of what we're talking about you are going to get excited the, because that is just that changes everything that changes not just everything for Newcastle United but that changes everything in the Premier League hey that changes everything in football like they will become the richest football club in the world like that it's yeah, it's, it's um, scary it's a scary thought. It's a very scary thought. But that, that's, that's just the money side. There's that you know. There's nothing overly shocking talking about the money there, like nothing. But then you get into the the, the history of Prince Mohammed Salman, um, or as he likes to be known, MBS. Um, <laughs> so he uh, reportedly has his own assassination squad called the Tiger Squad. Really? Um, yeah, he apparently, yeah, he does. Does he know Joe Exotic? <laughs> I think he heads it up. That's why he's called the Tiger King. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a that's a different podcast. I think. <laughs> oh dear. Um, anyway, so based on so, so just he's got his own assassination squad. So that leads straight into the story that everyone probably heard of was the assassination of Jamal. And forgive me for saying this wrong. Kashogi. Kashogi? Kashogi, yeah. yeah. Kashogi, yep. Yeah. Um, 
who was at the Saudi consulate in Turkey, I believe, when uh, a he he was he turned up dead essentially, um, and MBS uh, denied it, denied having any uh, any any take in it, any any uh, any part of it. But the CIA concluded when they did an investigation that MBS in fact did all the the hit, um, right. and Jamal was a a journalist who was very critical of the regime that uh, NBS had put in place. Um, and that's one thing that he does not uh, take very lightly to. He hates being criticised. He hates any um, criticism of his authority to his power. He just, he just doesn't like it. Um, and he has a hit squad that apparently he uses to take people out. Reported, reportedly. I'm not saying this as a matter of fact. I'm just going on sources that I've read and we're talking about it here. Um, apparently, at the time of the assassination, uh, Jamal was putting together a uh, piece for the Washington Post. So um, that, again, giving information to the United States media, again, that's probably another reason that it ended the way it did. So very worrying. Okay, he's involved. There seems to be this uh, shadow over him that he's in, involved in assassinations. You don't want that. Okay. Point number two. He has a history of executions, arrests, torture, and human rights violations. So to delve into that a bit more, uh, Saudi Arabia and the UAE formed a coalition to help fight rebel forces in Yemen, okay? Mm. However, it wasn't like they went in and were tactical about it and just getting rid of the rebel forces. They bombed Yemen without yeah. any discrimination. They mm. Schools, hotels, civilians, they did not care. They just bombed it um, without any, any thought of the repercussions from those actions. Um, again, that's a very worrying attitude to have. Mm -hmm. um, and then, detail, oh, so they, uh, the Lebanon Prime Minister also visited this, um, Saudi Arabia. Um, it was supposed to be just a, a meeting between leaders. So it went downhill very drastically. Upon arrival, the Lebanon Prime Minister had phones confiscated, um, personal items confiscated, um, he was then forced to resign. He was imprisoned apparently in a hotel mm. in Saudi Arabia, not allowed to leave. He was forced to resign as prime minister of Lebanon. And he did all of that on live on a Saudi TV channel. So again, it's not great behavior to be having from a, from a potential investor in the English game. And so um, MBS was the one that it reportedly made this go ahead made him resign live on Sun yes. tv yeah he's yeah him and his regime yeah um it's it's not good um imprisoning women activists so as you know there's women women don't have many rights in the country of saudi arabia i think just a while ago they were given the right to, to drive yes i think yes they were That's correct. however uh, women activists that have been protesting um, formal rights, um, a load of them were thrown into prison um, for their, you know, just protesting. 
and that caused issues all over the globe. I do believe Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada at that point um, ridiculed the actions and asked for their immediate release, and that caused a knock-on effect of like trade between the countries and um, diplomacy. Uh, just because MBS didn't like what they were saying, again, it was another challenge to his authority, and he did what he did, and that was throw him in prison. Mm. Uh, he's also arrested uh, political leaders and ultra-rich people that live in Saudi Arabia as he sees them as a, a threat to his regime as well. So anyone that can, can oppose him is thrown in prison, essentially arrested and threatened. Right, right. So, I mean, in terms of a takeover of Newcastle United, I mean, that's kind of worrying because if any of the potential managers speak out against anything that he does or it's not it's not looking good is it like it's it's just one of those things where all of the this is a this list that you've put together all these different things when you hear them all and you know anyone can go and look this this stuff up it's not like it's you know it's secret uh it starts to make you worry about the kind of people that are going to be involved in the club and the league as well. It's um, it's not just the club that gets affected. It's the whole league that gets affected. Um, it puts a puts a a very it puts a splurge against the league itself, which is not good because obviously the league is the best league in the world. Um, don't think many people would argue with that. Um, and it's, we've got to be careful about who we're allowing to have control within the league. Yeah, well, the Premier League has this vetting process anyway to be able to, <clears throat> to stop any potential dodgy ownership. Um, and there was just a report that came out yesterday, and I literally could not believe it when I read it, saying that the Newcastle deal might fall through. And I was like, oh, great. They've seen the human rights issues things. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't about that at all. What the deal might fall through. Get this. The deal might fall through because Saudi Arabia has dodgy TV. <laughs> round of applause to the Premier League <laughs> that apparently in Saudi Arabia there's this sports channel called Be Out Q Pirate TV it's actually called uh, Pirate TV it's called Be uh, yeah Be Out Q oh no it's a Pirate TV station right. <laughs> called... can you imagine that'd be the most bait TV yeah. <laughs> station <laughs> in the world <laughs> No, I didn't, uh, Pirate anyway, no, TV. It's just, <laughs> it's just called Be Out QTV, right, but it's okay. a pirate service. Cool. Um, <laughs> but what they do is they uh, they rip the stream from Be In Sports, which I think is owned by a UAE company. Right. They rip, they rip the stream from <laughs> them and put it on the internet for free. <laughs> Brilliant. And, and the Premier League have objected to this. This is one of the reasons that the deal might fall through unless the um, NBS steps in and um, stops this kind of illegal broadcasting of Premier League football. And I was just thinking to myself, of all the things to pick on, <laughs> of all the things to pick on, can you imagine NBS on the on the end of the phone, like receiving that call? Well, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to allow your takeover. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because. You're streaming football. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> He's just sitting there all like, oh my God, is that it? 
it's 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 laughable that. Yeah. Uh, just I just don't get it. Yes, I know that that's a a direct conflict with the Premier League itself, but that should not be the number one thing on their list of why this guy should not be allowed to invest in a Premier League club for crying <laughs> out loud. I mean, if me and you can find this information out, you know, they the Premier League will definitely be able to find this out, and it's it's exactly like we said before. It's not secret. It's information that anyone can find on the internet if you look for it. Um, so, I mean, I'd I'd really like to know Newcastle fans' honest opinions about this. Um, are they just happy that they're going to potentially? be well, one of the richest clubs in the world or is there a moral issue here do you feel that it shouldn't go ahead because of this moral issue or I, I'll pose the question differently Sam yeah. okay Newcastle fans forget the money forget the money do you want these people as people involved in your club forget that they have a stupid amount of money forget that mm. point do you want these people involved in your club? Yes or no? Let us know. We're really interested to find out. Um, and yeah, just uh, as always, just get in contact with us. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Just look for To The Point Podcast. Um, we'll put some uh, we'll put some links below as well. Please do um, check us out because we want to be at a point with this podcast where we're interacting with you, the listeners, um, and that that's why we do this, because we like talking about football, but we also like talking to other people about football, um, and that's where we really want to go with this as well. So, yeah, please do get in contact with us. Um, Matt, is there anything else that you sort of want to add on to sort of the, the end of this discussion? Um, any other business? Well, I've, any other business, yeah. <laughs> I, I, in So, away from the article we just did, okay, um, in this trying time, there are a lot of small clubs that are struggling at the moment, um, and even some bigger clubs that are struggling. I heard that Burnley, if this this COVID nineteen goes on for much longer, Burnley said that they could be bankrupt by August. Um, so, what I'm going to say is, there's a lot of clubs out there, both uh, lower league, grassroots, that are struggling through this at the moment, and they're trying to come up with ways to um, fundraise in this time. And I would say. If you love football and if you can afford to do so, please support them in whatever they're doing. Be it you buy a raffle ticket for their doing or they run a a bingo competition out of their clubhouse, whatever. Please, please, please get involved with whatever they're doing because there could be a lot of football teams about to disappear from existence at the lower levels and grassroots because of what's going on at the moment. So that's all of the... That's just what I want to say there. Absolutely. Um, I totally concur with that. Um, yeah, just uh, get involved, give money where you can, um, and also stay indoors, stay at home. Um, it's just not worth it. I mean, like, the thing is, is you can just watch us and listen to us. <laughs> I mean, why do you need to go outdoors? Um, I'm also going to say right here, right now, that um, I'm hoping that with this podcast as well, we can start doing some things um, on, on Facebook Live, on live on Twitter, maybe live on Instagram as well. Um, so if you want to join in the conversation, um, we'll go live and you can join in and 
Um, I think that'd be quite good for us to do as well. Uh, we might even do our own like little fundraiser as well. Um, so we'll, we'll, we've got some ideas, we've got some plans. We're just trying to figure out what it is that we're doing at the moment and how we're going to sort of you know bring this back um, in a really strong way. But it's been good to do this today again. Um, good old times, um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back very very soon. Okay, it's been good talking to everyone. It's been good to be back. I love my podcast. <laughs> Take See care, guys. Soon. See you soon. Bye for now.